3: Late start. We got our whole crew in Philly, so um, we had to wait for them to find their spots. But I'm glad that they did, and I'm glad you guys waited up with us. Um, for wow, pretty, pretty phenomenal game, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this we're, we're, our show is kind of like Tatum. It took us a minute to get going, but we're ready. We're Jack. We're going to make plays. You-
3: you just knew it was going to happen, right? It was I, It was either going to be Tatum or Smart, right?
0: Right. Well, I, yeah, because I think, I mean, Jalen had pretty much emptied the clip the first three quarters. I just didn't think that he still had that extra gear he could shift into the character and the victory. And Tatum, let's be honest, he was due. I mean, you look at his numbers the end of the night. He was 3 for 11 and he hit that one big three-pointer that put him up 80-78. to 78, And from that point on, it became Tatum's game. Uh, he, yeah. he did exactly what guys who are supposed to be top-tier talent in the NBA are supposed to do. A nice, where you can't do a damn thing right if you're whiffing striking distance. You make teams pay.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here tonight, like quite a bit. And yeah. I, I want to crunch some – want to. i wanna, I'd like to crunch numbers a little bit more just in terms of lineups and what they did. It was an interesting game just in terms of the swings, Um, you know, uh, the Celtics went ice cold. Philly took a big lead. They couldn't get a bucket. Down 15, swung it all the way to basically like a nine point lead. Did so on the strength of a Derek White lineup with Tatum on the bench into that fourth quarter, too. And you were able to sustain it. And then Eme made the decision to go back to the starters for the last five, six minutes. That was
0: not Eme. Eme didn't make that decision, I John.
3: <laughs> I am that,
0: rusty. Imei would love to make that decision. Ime would would give quite a bit to make Ime, that. Decision.
3: Ime loves that double big lineup. <laughs> Joe goes back to his double bigs, which isn't really his binky per se. Okay, Joe has not been for Joe has not been forged from the fires of double right. big dominance the same way Ime was and the Celtics' success was last year. Right. It was thrust upon him. It was you know the analytics clearly uh, say, hey, this is a good lineup. It dominated the NBA last year. When healthy, you got to run with it. So he's kind of sort of running with it. But it's a second straight second half uh, coming out of the break with the fully healthy lineup where those guys came out and looked like dog, you know what. Um, and they pissed away a lead against the Pacers in the third quarter of last game, made it competitive all the way through, and absolutely let Philly run away from them uh, there in the, in the beginning of that third quarter as well. So it didn't look great. The decision to go to it late was... A little curious, and I was yeah. worried about it when he did it, you know. And it worked out, and they, they got what they needed um, out of it. The, Derek White was playing so well. Removing him just seems strange. Forget about tonight. This is going to be a story that goes on into the future. The the better Derek White plays, and the more he's able to do, and the more he's able to create, and the more he impacts the game in the many ways he's currently impacting the game, the more it's going to be hard to not – if you're going to insist on – putting big bodies out there, it's hard to keep him off the court, which means someone's going to come off the court and that someone's going to be Marcus Smart. And it's a conversation that's going to be had if if you're gonna keep cause again, you didn't go Robin Al. You went Robin you went Alan Grant late. So you're keeping that extra kind of bigger body there. And it could be matchup specific. There could be nights where they go single. We'll see how it goes. And I think he will play around with it because Grant played the significant minutes tonight after playing six last game. So it's good that Joe's not gonna lock into one lineup only. It's just gonna be hard to keep Derek White out of that closing lineup if he's playing that well. Regardless, you've got to find a, a spot for him in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the the, the one thing I, I will say, I, I think tonight it was a little bit more matchup specific because with Joel and Embiid on the floor, you've got to have multiple bigs on the floor who can switch out because they're gonna they're going to get switched out on. Uh, so I, I think it was a little bit more specific. But if you look at the final, totally. numbers... totally, you have to, you have yeah, to. Yeah, When you look at the final numbers though, in terms of minutes played, I mean, Marcus Smart played 26 minutes, Derek White played 25, and yep. I think we're going to see a lot of nights where their minutes are going to be pretty much interchangeable just depending on who has it going more that particular night. But when you talk about scoring the ball, uh, Derek White is in a great rhythm right now in terms of what he can do. And to me, I think the really special thing for the Celtics is that he's getting you points, and it's coming in the flow of the offense without necessarily plays being called for him to score. He's just reading and reacting to what the defense is doing and making them pay when they don't give him the kind of attention that his scoring of late should deserves. Yeah.
3: And and that's the thing is he's doing so much, he's creating on his own, which is just something that you just can't, uh, I wouldn't say, it's just, it's such an important thing when, you know, especially at times when the offense stagnates, when you do have, because now you've got Brown, Tatum, uh, Brogdon's able to create on his own, and Derek White as well, it just does so much for the offense where, when you do see those double big lineups, it is really difficult. Again, when Marcus isn't hitting his shots and you do have, um, you know, and and, and I'm going to spend at least 20, 30 minutes on Rob Williams baseline jumper to end the half. But
0: John, we've been, we've been begging for that shot, begging for that shot. And not, not, and the thing about it is that it's not like it's a shot that's out of his wheelhouse. It's literally a shot that if you go to a Celtics practice and you watch Rob work on his offensive game, you're going to see him shoot that shot. If he shoots it 10 times, he typically makes it like seven, eight, nine times. And you're and when we get to games and we see him matched up with guys like Joel, who does not like to go outside the paint, you're thinking that's the shot uh, that you absolutely want to see him take more of. Uh, because one, it's within his range, and two, in certain matchups, he's going to get that shot It's going to be relatively open, like tonight. He had a couple of those shots tonight, which uh, again, I, I think we need to see more of that from Rob going forward because it is, it's is—it's not like we're asking him to do something that he does not have the skill set to do. Yep,
3: yep, you want to see it. Um, so again, I'll i will let you pick and choose. There's a lot we're going to talk about. We're going to wait for Bobby and Josue to jump on here for sure uh, and get their takes as well. Uh, we're going to talk about just the interesting lineups and the rotations that Joe is playing. It's a second game you don't play Muscala at all. Hauser, right. who was so big in the, in the game before, didn't play tonight. And as you said, big bodies being able to throw throw some beef at MB is super important. Having Grant in there, I think, mattered. And I think that's why you went double big as much as you mm-hmm. did tonight. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but uh, you've got Tatum. Um, second straight struggle game. He struggled against Philly. He's had some rough games recently. If you match it up against better competition. Uh, and so that's going to be something you want to talk about and look at, um, you know, Jalen Brown money there in the, uh, in that little stretch, the non Tatum minutes. Those always worry me, those non Tatum early fourth quarter minutes mm-hmm. and, uh, Brown Put it into another gear, made that phenomenal pass to Rob in transition, uh, then comes up with a steal on that next possession. He was terrific there. And just the just the continued play of White, like we said, we're going to keep talking about. I, and again, Rob, we talked about the baseline jumper. I do want to talk about it. I also thought it was one of his kind of springier games. I thought he was more active. You're still not seeing full verticality, and he's not challenging shots as much as you would like to see. Um They've missed him on a few lobs, so I'm not going to say he's not the lob threat he once was. Uh, I still want to see him. I think he defended well. I actually think he stood his ground well, Um, but he's still not just kind of flying through the air with the greatest of ease like you want to fully see it. But he looked agile and active, and he was running well tonight, which I like to see. But dealer's choice in terms of uh, where you want to start with your analysis of tonight, Sherrod.
0: Well, I mean, I think I like to start with Tatum, just because Tatum for, for really three quarters was just, uh garbage. And then, you know, he hits that three that puts him up by two, you know, in, late in the second half, and then he just takes over in the final minute. And, and for Tatum, you know, he's going to have nights where he can't make shots, and we've seen that the last couple of nights in the first half. But the great players, when the game is absolutely up for grabs for someone to take a hold of it, they're the ones that take about by strangle away victory from the other team. And that's what he did. I mean, Philadelphia, when they go back and watch the, the video, they are without question going to feel like they should have won this game. Because when you look at the way that they were playing, they were the more aggressive team, I thought, in the first half. They were far more engaged. They were doing all the things that you're supposed to do in order to, put to, this, to position yourself to win. But the problem that they ran into was they became too Joel and heavy. They really didn't figure out a way to get other guys involved. Uh, and that is, uh, again, that's that's a big, big problem for them. They, they have to be a little bit more diversified. And, you know, people are going to uh, crap on Marcus Smart for a shooting. And, and certainly at one point in the game, I think maybe first half, certainly I think, believe through the first three quarters, he had more shots taken than Jason Tatum, which never happened. But Marcus's defense on, uh, you know, James Harden, I thought was really good. I mean, James Harden had 21 points, but he was like four for 15 or
3: something. Not a 15. factor. He was not J- a factor. James Harden didn't hurt you tonight. He no, didn't.
0: no. And Marcus Smart had no, a lot to fact, do with No, in fact, he was that.
3: hardly noticeable, honestly. Like, he did not hurt you tonight.
0: No, no. And, and when Philadelphia cannot win if James Harden is not the second or third best player on the floor. Uh, they just can't do it. Uh, because most nights, if you're talking about guys playing at their absolute best level – James is going to be one of the top two or three players most nights. You know, Smart did, you know, I thought he did some good things defensively. He took some shots that I did not like to see him take. I thought he forced forced it a few times, which we're cussing to doing. But overall, his job is to be a top-tier defender, and I thought he did a pretty good job of that tonight against a really good scorer, James Harden.
3: And and again, you have to you, you do have to take some things with a grain of salt. Like there were ugly portions of tonight's game, um, for sure. But Philly played really good defense yeah. uh, on 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 uh, on the Celtics tonight. Um, they they really did. Uh, they're, they're, they 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 really clogged up the lane. They clogged up passing lanes. They made it really difficult for them to get where they wanted to go. A lot of times you would get some paint touches and they just weren't really sure. Do I continue? Do I float it? How many of those kind of wait, shoot, uh, God, fall away front rim kind of indecisive sort of looks did they get Jalen had a couple Tatum had a couple they'd get in there and didn't really know where to go from there and they weren't really able to get it uh where they wanted to go and 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 Philly did a good job kind of keeping them to the perimeter uh on a lot of their stuff and and uh and forcing them into you know so turnovers and you know t- Tatum I think you know got forced into a lot of bad turnovers just trying to kind of get Places that he just couldn't get to. Uh double team was frustrating him. Uh even some single defenders were frustrating. He was just having a difficult night getting where he wanted to go. But credit Philly's defense, they made it a little bit ugly um, for 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 uh for Boston. So I'm not gonna, you know, completely throw that out. But you still want you want your star to be defense-proof, you know, not fully, but you just That's the whole point. That's what makes you stars. You don't want your star to be able to be taken out of games. We've seen it a couple times, you know, with Tatum, more than you'd like to see it. And you're not going to, you know, discredit everything that he's done. But last game against Philly, not only did he struggle to score, he struggled to get shots off. I think he only had 12 shot attempts last time that they played uh, one another. Uh, And that was that amazing game where they were without Brogdon, without Smart, without. Uh, without uh al without rob and they lose jt to a broken face 15 minutes in and tatum s- scores 12 points on 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 you know horrible shooting and they won that game and that was probably one of their best wins and one of philly's worst losses this year you kind of wanted to see tatum come out and acquit himself a little bit better but still you know frustrated and i think he kind of took himself out of the game mentally a little bit he was getting frustrated with himself Yeah,
0: I mean, the the one thing you you Until the
3: end, which is fine. You know, last game against Indiana, he admittedly had a crap game and scored 31 points. A lot of people wrote about that's part of the evolution of Tatum. You can have a bad game and still walk into 30 points. That's pretty incredible. He He had a pretty pretty bad, bad, bad game tonight, and he still hits the big shots late in the game winner. You'll take that, but, you know, you still want to see him be able to beat that pressure and not have it get to him the way it did.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the Indiana win, he had a really good second half. Uh, Tonight, he had a really good fourth quarter. And still, at the end of the day, his numbers were solid. But you you touched on Philadelphia's defense. You know, their defense during this five-game winning streak they had prior to tonight was one of the top two or three defenses in the entire NBA. Uh, And I asked Doc Rivers about that before the game. And, you know, essentially he said that it's just guys getting accustomed to playing with each other, them developing a rhythm. But I, I think there's some truth to that. But also, you know, they're also taking one player who has been just defensively challenged his entire career out of the rotation altogether. And that's that's Montrell uh, Harold, who just doesn't play. Uh, and the reason why he doesn't play is because guys are shooting the average 70 percent from the field when he was on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers has figured. I mean, he's done some things as far as taking with their rotation to make them a better team defensively. But you're right. Tatum. I would like to have seen him to assert himself a little bit earlier. Like, I, I thought J- like Jalen Brown came out with the kind of fire and intensity that you want from one of your star players. He had eight of their first 13 points, uh, was clearly getting where he wanted to, when he wanted to. The only thing that slowed him down in the first half was those two quick fouls in the first, uh, first quarter. And other than that, you know, Jalen Brown, they did not have an answer for him. And, you know, that's the thing that makes the Celtics team so dangerous. They're, they're figuring out ways to beat you in unconventional ways. Like, they don't need Jason Tatum to go off a of 35, 40 That's points. That's the
3: difference this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, whereas if you look at a team like Philadelphia, you let Joel Embiid have a game where he scores 12 points or 15 points and see how many points they lose by. They probably lose by the number of points he scores because he's that impactful. He means that much to them. And the Celtics have figured out ways to get other guys involved that, while, yes, for them to win a championship, Tatum has to be great. Jalen Brown has to be great. But they don't have to be great for them to win. Against good teams,
3: and it's not just individuals. You have games the Celtics have won this year where you're right. Tatum's been terrible. Where Tatum and Brown have both been off, or one of one or two have been missing, missing multiple players. You've had games where they've shot twenty something percent from three, games where they've turned it over twenty something times, and games where they've been out rebounded by fifteen or so, and still won those games. So it is amazing. Is it's not one thing, you know? Like a lot of teams, you can say like, well, if we shoot well tonight, we'll be okay, or if we just you know, are able to match those guys on the glass, will be fine. Celtics can come up short in a lot of different ways and still find, uh, you know, and that speaks to the depth of Bob Ryan on the, uh, on the Goodman Ryan, Ryan Goodman podcast on CLNS media last week. Since the deepest team he's ever seen. I'm not saying this. To be I'm not saying to hmm. Bob, but Bob is old. Um, and Bob has seen a lot of basketball, <laughs> you know.
0: I, with all due respect to to, to to Bob, I can't imagine that this team is deeper than some of those Koozie, Russell, Sit, you know, Sad. I mean, be. those those teams had like seven, eight Hall of Fame. They this had team has of, made seven maybe of the 50 three? best
3: players in the NBA at any yeah. given time, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I I I get it. I mean, I'm excited about this team. A little too, hyperbole but-
3: there. He might be talking modern era. Let's go oh. 80s and on. It's a pretty free. I mean, and again, obviously, yeah. those 86 teams, you've got Seasting and Walton, and those guys coming off the bench. Um, you know, and there's a lot of depth there, even on the yeah. earlier teams. I mean, uh, if you're
0: talking post-Bird era, then yeah, I think you,
3: I think you can make a legitimate case that this team might be I deeper than be. deeper than 2008. 2008, in I fact, was, I would agree you could even argue, um, if 2008 looks better on paper later, but you have to remember Rondo was not ready for primetime yet in 2008 and neither was perk. Uh, he was useful and he fit what they needed. But I mean, you needed to pick a guy up off the street in PJ Brown to be able to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to kind of put you over the hump. You got a guy like Eddie house who was good right there, but that's not like, those aren't, you know, stars like they've got they've got guys here where you're like, you've got to get your sixth and seventh, your sixth and seventh guys. You're like, you've got to get more minutes for these guys You in Brogdon and white right now. And your number eight guy in the rotation played six minutes last game because you didn't need them. So that is pretty deep right now. Not just deep with playable players, deep with good players. And I think that's might be what he's talking about. One through seven, that's as good as they've been in a long, long time right now with those guys. Eight, if you want to throw in Grant as well. And if you're yeah. getting any contributions from Hauser or Muscala, again, that's, that, that, that's, that's saying a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the top seven players on just about any team in NBA will be among the top three or four players on that team. Uh, and I don't think there are a lot of teams that have the top seven where they're going to be one of the either – either the man next to the man or next to the man next to the man. Uh, the Celtics are, that, are like that. So this is – they're definitely a deep team. They definitely have a lot of potential to just wear you down because I, th- I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize the fact that the Celtics seem to be at their best in the second half as a team. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that their best players are just better than your next-level players. Uh, when you get past your first line of, of stars, who's next? And when you compare the Celtics, who's next after Tatum and Brown, and you start looking at the other team, once you get past their top-tier stars, the Celtics match up pretty damn favorably and damn, against almost every team in the league in that regard. So this is this team, if they're healthy, I just don't see anyone beating them for the title. I just don't see it. Uh, it can, can it happen? Absolutely. But it, it it won't be because those other teams are better. It'll be because either the Celtics underachieve or something goes wrong with coaching or there's an injury. But it won't be because that other team had more talent. That's what Brad Stevens has done. He's put them in that position.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty impressive right now. You definitely have to, uh, I, you know, it's. Uh, again, it's because those guys are playing as well as they're playing, uh, particularly as you know, with White and Brogdon, that it's uh, uh, it's really, really impressive what's going on right now um, with the with these guys. And and, and again, as you said, you can survive bad Tatum games. You can survive a lot of, uh, you know, not great games right now from other people. So uh, it's been pretty impressive Uh, again. Thanks. We got a packed house here. Um, We're pretty psyched to have all of you guys here on the show um joining us it's a late one it's saturday night you could be doing a lot of things it's not lost on us that you are spending your saturday night with us so all in all i'm not going to say good win bad win what's your general vibe coming off of this like when you're watching the game are you sent are you a win is a win is a win you're on the road you're playing the number three team in the conference all of these are good wins both teams are as healthy as they are right now um I kind of thought they were going to take it to Philly a little bit more. I'm not saying I'm disappointed in the win, but I really do feel like the Sixers are not going to be a good matchup for the Celtics if they face off in the finals. I don't know that tonight changes my opinion, but generally speaking, I don't think I don't think Philly, I don't think we're back to the years of 2018 where Joel Embiid's like, they always kick our ass, you know, like, and it's not a rivalry. But I don't see, I can't see this team giving you trouble if you run into them down the road.
0: No, I, I think this, this what I've seen this season when these two these teams have played is there's a different gear that your mental toughness has to shift into in order to win. And Philly hasn't figured out how to get to that gear yet, and the Celtics have. I mean, this is a game where the Celtics absolutely should not have won this game, based upon how they played the Warriors United. They the didn't play. Game, yeah. No, I mean, they've played three times this year, and the Celtics have just been a mentally tougher team two out of those three wins. Uh, and and there's no, there's no rhyme or reason or, or way to fix that. The Celtics have that that extra something that when you're matched up in the team and you're comparable, you're going to find a way to get over the hump. And the Celtics have shown even when they're not at their best, even when they don't have their top players, even when every single just you know uh, analytic data point that you have says that they're going to get their asses kicked, they're going to find a way to beat Philly. Uh, and it's not always going to be because Philly makes a bunch of mistakes. It's just that the Celtics limit the mistakes that they make. And then that, I think, just mentally rattles Philly. Philly was, was shook in that fourth quarter. You yeah. could tell. I mean, they were totally
3: mentally shook. shook. And, they were jogging. They were, like, yeah. completely out of their rhythm. They yeah. looked like they got taken out of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it, yeah I mean, it, it was – I mean, and the Celtics had everything to do with that. And I'm just thinking over the course of a playoff series, I don't see that changing. I don't yeah. see where Philadelphia is all of a sudden going to figure out how to be mentally tougher against a team that's kicked their ass. Not just this year, but just over the last few years, when the games absolutely mattered most, uh, yeah. and the Sun are now even better than those teams that Philly lost to in previous years. So yeah, they're they're, they're in a tough predicament if they or if they're going to find themselves playing the Celtics in the playoffs. That's not going to go well for them.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I, I left this I left this thing up here because this is correct. It's so funny, like. <laughs> A lot of what you say is out the window if they lose the game, you know, like and that's why it's like when people are like, oh, here they are being negative about it's not really negative. You looked at this game. This was a crap game for a lot of it. You know, Um, you did a bad smart game, a bad Tatum game. Brown, who was great for that stretch in the second half he put up points but he was um he was all over the place in the first half really weird shot selection uh tunnel vision i i don't think he passed once but he was great when he needed to be tatum was great when he needed to be but for stretches it wasn't a terrific game. You really had that really good stretch that kind of the Derek white stretch and then Brown there into the fourth quarter where they really uh, looked good, but there was just some, you know, it was not a great overall, their offense looked out of sync. They weren't terrific on defense. I'm not going to get into the officiating and the Embiid stuff. I guess those are fouls. I, I don't know how else you play defense against this guy. It's one of the more frustrating things in the world to watch. Like it just is what it is. Like, what are you supposed to do in some cases? He's just barreling into you, and you're just stuck there. But that's how they play. That's what they're going to do. You you took their best punch as far as that was concerned. I think – I could be wrong. Did they get – what were the final numbers? Did he outshoot uh, yeah, they, their team?
0: Did Embiid? I know they made 30 for, they were 28 for 35. Yeah, he, they did because the Celtics only went to the line like 12 times. And Embiid, I think, went to the line at least – 18 times and beat
3: 18 free throw attempts. The Celtics right. had 12. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. the thing is like the Celtics, I, I, it, that was a problem. They couldn't quite figure it's a strange game where they only shoot 37 threes yet only have uh 12 free throw attempts, you know? Um, because they were not able to get to the paint, but they didn't do most of their damage from behind the arc. Um, you know, they shot it fairly well from 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 three, but it wasn't one of those fifty you know fifty three pointer sort of games. Uh, you know, really was a bit of a rock fight just trying to figure out where that offense was gonna come from,
0: yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's gonna be like that, obviously from from time to time. But you know the the thing that I, I keep coming back to with the Celtics, and we talked about this earlier on, on a show where Philadelphia played well enough for most of this game to have won. There, there's, there's, I don't think anyone is going to debate that Philadelphia. If you were to, if this were a, a fight, a, a boxing match, Philadelphia would way ahead on on damn near everyone's scorecard. But the Celtics delivered that knockout yeah. point from the fourth, and that, and that's it. That's game time. And so, this is yeah,
3: yeah, and you're right. right and, and go
0: ahead. So that, yeah, so that's why I, I can't get get caught up in the, Well, you know, if, if they would have scored another two points, they would have won, or Philly would have won. And yeah, you're right. But how many games can we say that about? A lot. The bottom line is when the game actually mattered the most, the Celtics were the tougher team mentally. They made the shots and they got the stops. Forced the turnovers. They had Philadelphia where they wanted them when it mattered most, and that's really what, what the that's that's the game. That's ball game, folks.
3: Yeah. Celtics made the winning plays plays and that's it. And that's that. And I do want to applaud Joe. I, I kind of, uh, and I, I promise we're getting to Al next. I promise. I promise. I was saving it a little bit for Bobby because I know he loves Al discussions. I promise we're going to Al next. Um, I'm going to applaud Joe because on that last play, I kind of jokingly, you know, tweeted, uh, don't just do one of those, give it to Tatum and get out of the ways run up, run a play thing. And, Obviously, I got dunked on for that tweet, but the reality is they did run a play and it was a pretty damn good play. It wasn't just ISO, give it to Tatum, top of the key, clear out and let him go to work. I hate that stuff. I don't think that those things go very well, um, but I liked what they did, putting him in the backcourt, getting him running, coming to a hard stop there because he's coming with a head of steam. He stops on a dime. He was able to get separation on that three-pointer, but he just gets a catch with his back to the basket there, turns around and sets up. It's a lot harder to get something going to the basket. You almost know he's pulling up, and it's going to be off balance. That was a smooth, in-rhythm shot and a beautiful pass with the, like, that Marcus really threaded the needle on it to get him there. Pretty risky pass, actually. Um, you know uh, that 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 could have gone. I don't even want to talk about that. But that was a, not an easy pass Marcus made. Great catch, great stop, great shot, and and terrific play. So hats off to Missoula for uh, for dialing that up. I thought that that was much better than the just give it to me and get out of the way sort of uh, sort of uh, last second play that you tend to see a lot of times. Um, you know from uh, from from the Celtics. Uh, let's talk about Al. This is a fair point. They're absolutely dead if Al doesn't go go on that 9-0 personal run when they were really floundering there uh, and hit his first three field goals of the game back to back to back. 9-0 personal run, 9-0 team run to take it from a 14-15 point game down to something manageable again. Uh, Al doesn't do that. We might not be having any of these conversations right now.
0: No, no. And and you've got to give Al credit for, frankly, just taking advantage of what I thought was there all game long. Uh, I thought Al, I mean, if Al were having one of those those heat check type games, he could have gone for 30. Uh, And and every shot would have been like a relatively open shot. And you go back and you look at this game, Al missed his first three shots. And every single one of them were catch in rhythm, wide open threes. Uh, So Al getting hot isn't that big a shocker against Philadelphia because they don't defend him. Uh, with, because their best player at that position doesn't defend uh, outside the paint. And Al is, is a smart enough player, crafty enough player to get to his spot. Uh, and the Celtics, to their credit, are smart enough to get him the ball in those spots. So Al, there's no question. Al, you know, we, we talk about that that bird that he wanted knocking down shots. But I just thought his overall defense on Joel was good. And again, you, you can look at the numbers and say Joel, you know, scored a ton of points. Joel had to work his ass off. For most of those points, Joel was not getting the ball in the sweet spots where he's used to dunking on guys left and right. Al made him work. And if a guy goes for 41 and you made his ass work for those 41 points, you can walk away feeling good. And if to Al's credit, again, I, I thought as the game wore on, I thought that that pressure that he was putting on Joel, I thought it did affect Joel. I didn't think Joel was nearly as impactful or dominant down the stretch. Other than getting to the free throw line. That yes. was what the, the problem for Philadelphia is that when he's getting to the free throw line, um, it reinforces their one-dimensional offense, and they become a lot more easy to they become easier to defend. Uh, it's get the ball to Joe and let him go to work. And at, we've seen time and time again against the Celtics, that's only going to keep you in the game up to a certain point where it's going to blow up in your face because you need other guys to step up. James Harden, uh, again, we touched on him earlier, was a non-factor, and part of that was because they became so damn Joel and beat heavy. And part of that is that's just how they're built. That's just how they're structured, which is why I think that they're no matter who they play in the postseason, they're going to have a tough time moving on to the next round because they're so one-dimensional.
3: Yeah, I mean the the reality is like you're just those 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 takeover hardened games, which used to be one out of two, one out of three games. It's now one out of eight. One, you see, you're just not you. You might run into a a Harden, you know, just. Heater one a uh, night or two. It's not like he doesn't do other things. He these either leading or top two in the NBA in assists. He's still an impactful player. He's still a really good player. But the days of James Harden taking games over, um, offensively are are over for the most part. That's not saying he's he's still an outstanding player. He's just not gonna be that guy who's just go who's just single-handedly just torching you every single night in a seven-game series. He's capable of doing it. The frequency has gone way down on that. And he's someone that you can, you know, he's you can defend him now, where he used to be basically a cheat code. So that version's been gone for a couple of years. But again, they just don't have enough here. How I many times we've seen Tobias Harris absolutely lay an egg? I mean, he had a pretty good game tonight for him. I mean, he's been a total non-factor in a lot of games against the Celtics as well. Maxi hasn't been as uh, uh, I. I Maxi hasn't been as good as uh, as I thought he was going to be. The way he started the year, uh, he's hot and cold. There's there's not enough juice on this team, on this Philly team, uh, to 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 run with you. I don't think. And again, going back to it in a seven game series, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the problem. That that is their problem. They have enough to keep themselves in the game and, and compete. Yeah. There's no doubt. But getting over that hump, that's going to be very difficult because, again, James Harden, and, you know, the last couple of years people want to attribute him not being that James Harden of old to just him not being in great shape. I don't think it's a conditioning thing. I think it's just a father time thing that we're seeing with James. And, again, he's still a dynamic player. Don't get it twisted. He's, it's not like he's, you know, you know just one foot in a basketball grave and, and about to retire or anything like that. He's still a very good player. He's just not nearly as... Overbearing, over dominant type of player and performer that we've seen throughout the course of his career post Oklahoma City. Uh, he's again still a good player, but they're going to need him to be much better if they're going to have any shot of making any kind of postseason. Games. Yep,
3: yep, no doubt about that. Um, other things worth talking about tonight, we did mention a little bit of Rob. I do want to get back to that. How do you think he looked again? It's still not all the way there, um, but. It looked like a tick in the right direction. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the way I was looking, just how he's moving um, just seemed a little bit like I said, just seemed to be running better. If I, if I'm just going to point out one thing, I thought he was moving better. Uh, I mean, obviously the seven for seven, he still does these great Rob things. Uh, his hands are so good with his catches down low on a couple of those balls. that those are just balls, you can't get into most bigs, um, you know, in the lane on those tricky bounce passes. And I mean, and he's still good on the offensive glass, even if he's not just skying high and throwing it down with his chin. And obviously he has that one alley-oop dunk coming out of commercial and ABC friggin' smokes it. We don't even get to see it in real time. But um, it's still not all of the explosive verticality that you expect, but it definitely looks, f- I'm just saying physically, both physically and his head being in the game, you you look back, the worst game Rob Williams ever played was that was that a couple of years ago uh, when like they were like, okay, Rob has arrived, and he goes and he fouls Joel Embiid like four times in 25 seconds and then missed that whole game and this and that. This was a good game for Rob against this competition. I thought he stood his ground really well. Obviously, having horford in their helps but overall i thought this was one of his better games we've seen
0: no to, rob to me was, was like a just a prize fighter who recognizes i'm not going to knock this this guy out i'm not going to knock this team out so i'm just going to hit him with body blows i'm just yeah. going to jab him i'm just going to do all those little things to keep just racking up points helping my team win doing all that type of stuff and that's how rob's gonna have to be but the thing that he showed tonight we talked about it earlier He's a much better perimeter scoring threat against Philadelphia than he gets opportunities to showcase. And I thought, again, when you're playing Philadelphia and you're the Celtics, you know Al is going to knock down some shots. But if Rob starts making those shots from, from the baseline, that changes the calculus if you're Philadelphia on how you defend the Celtics. Because if their fifth option is can play above the rim and can score from 15 feet out, that's going to force Joel be to exert a lot more energy defensively And so often to me, your best defense against him is just making him work more as a defender.
3: Well, I want Bobby's take on this, too. Um, The Rob uh, Bobby said that was like, you know, like a loud cheer in the press box sort of situation when that happened. I said, bang. What I will say with this. The reaction to Rob's jumper from the teammates s- says everything about what we say, too, which is they are dying to see him do that. That wasn't a, oh, my God, if any other person hit a baseline jumper from 15 feet at the buzzer, which is a totally <laughs> normal shot that most people take and make, there's, they'd be like, hey, nice job, high five, good way to close it. You know, Tatum just, right? They're not going to freak out tackle the guy starts screaming and this and that that wasn't just like oh you made it what an unlikely shot that was there it is buddy do that again and again and again and again i think they want to see that too it's like come on man be the guy we know you can be. Take those shots. Have confidence. And then he never shot again. Um, <laughs> not, you know, not only that, he never looked at the basket again from outside From outside 10 feet. There was
1: another play late. He just fired it out of there. Got didn't boom. even look. Got it, boom. boom. Hot
3: potato. He yeah. didn't do it again. And all we're saying is the threat of it. Yes, you're not going to shoot 77% for the season if you start incorporating 15-footers into your repertoire, but that doesn't matter. The threat of it opens up so many other offensive possibilities for you and for the team, and it's essential that he take those. It's essential that he not only take them, it's essential that he looks to get to spots to be able to be open to get, to collect the pass and take them. He, But it is almost always incidental. It's late in the clock or something you know has to happen for him to dare do it, and it makes no sense to me.
1: And that's why Horford plays late. He he's
3: has more. because he'll, He can do that. He, he yeah. brings
1: more to the table, particularly on the offensive end. We've talked about it all year. <laughs> Rob should be at a point where he can close games. And those offensive limitations prevent him from doing so. Fortunately, they have Al Horford still playing like prime Al Horford, drilling threes at a 40% rate. And We tried to wait for you on Al. We tried to wait
3: for you. We tried. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I know you guys hit <laughs> on that already. Rob ends up being, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth story in this game Uh, after a strong start. I thought he looked fresh. I thought he looked active early. I thought guys looked for him, particularly Tatum. Uh, And he got in a good flow early that sort of dissipated as the game went on. Rotations went away from him, as I just said. And it's a step. You know, I thought this was one of the better looking games from him this year in terms of just his activity and
3: but this, this 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 super chat asks for it yeah i think and bobby said it earlier al's gotta kind of close because he can do so much more for you rob needs to do those other things he needs to be able to be a scoring threat if he is going to catch the ball D- defense is tighten up late if the ball comes to you you got to be able to at least look to score it rob not doing that kind of creates a four on five sort of situation uh late in those games that you almost just can't you can't live with and And they already that's why he doesn't close games they already unless you're unless you're up and you want the d but if it's a bucket for bucket game or you need buckets you really can't have him out there
1: they already face facing limitations too late in the game without him out there so it would have been even worse uh there was not a great end to the game offensively Uh, they let philly right back into the game up 10 and you wonder about some of those lineup decisions Joe well, that's
3: kind of where we started. Taking Derek White out and going back to that double big lineup. Which And I, no Bobby, Brogdon either. So crucial Brogdon, last game. I, and I know you tweeted it, Bobby, but that's the second straight second half. That starting lineup, that double big starting lineup's come out and gotten smoked. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sherrod made a really good point, uh, you know, that having some beef out there mattered. So even when you didn't have Rob out there closing, you had Grant out there. But you're you're taking Derek White and Brogdon off the mm-hmm. floor And that's a hard thing to do, period, because they're both playing outstanding. But especially tonight when that was your best lineup and you've just said, well, let's go back to the other guys who, you know, caused us to go down 15 last time that they were in together. That's kind of risky. And he got away with it. But I think almost I think every Celtics fan at the same time was kind of like, I don't know if we should be doing this right now.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it didn't look pretty by any means. I mean, the worst possession of the game, one of the worst possessions of the season was that late shot clock key from oh, Tatum. The Tatum one. Yeah, and he makes up for it with a nice putback uh, and, of course, the game winner. But you look at that double big lineup now, stats not updated for tonight, but they come in night 7 per 100, the main one. i looking for that Grant one with Horford. Probably not much better. That wasn't a great lineup last year either, but – Those aren't showing well statistically now. And we know Joe's a stats guy. I wonder how long he'll lean on those. Um, They're great defensively. I think every coach loves to have that rock defensively, especially in a tight game. And they did pile up stops as this game went on, particularly on Embiid. So you, you, you held a balance there, right? I thought the offense capsized late. But the defense played as well as it did all game late against Embiid. Really frustrated them. The only play where they got beat was when Smart came in late. Ar- Missoula had his arm like a windmill trying to get Smart over there to help Horford, and he hit a tough leaner uh, that the Celtics ended up answering. But they wore down Embiid throughout this one. Uh, credit to Grant, who bounces back from that weird six-minute game with against the Pacers with some good defense here tonight. Of course, Al still that rock as the main guy against Embiid there. Others like White and uh, smaller guys had to switch on to him throughout this one. It was a really tough performance that frustrated them. Certainly, Sharad, you saw the complaining to the officials throughout this one uh, and guys just pummeling to the floor throughout. But they persisted against Embiid. And Joe actually said, I thought one of the most interesting things he said after the game was that they managed the emotions Mm. of, of handling Embiid out there. And it certainly was a very emotional night for Smart, for Grant, uh, for some of those guys who do get involved with the officials a little bit more. Less Tatum, though, which is which was good to see.
0: That was good to see and surprising to see at the same time because he's the one guy that frustrates frustrates me more than maybe any other player when he lets his emotions get the get a hold of him. Because typically his emotions come out when he doesn't get a call that he's supposed to get, and he doesn't get back defensively, and it leads to a potential layup or an offensive. Uh, opportunity for the opponent that you just can't allow to happen in the playoffs. That one possession where you, you where you're complaining about an, a call that should have been made could lead to a layup, and you wind up losing by one point And you think about which where could we have maybe, you know, take got a bucket off the board that we gave up. That stuff, Williams really glaring. But the, you, you touched on a little bit earlier about just you know, just the defensive centric lineups that I think. Uh, Joe Missoula is looking at more. This team has already shown they can score like nobody else in the league. Their defense has to tighten up. Their defense has to get better. They have to be more connected. And I know statistically they're doing a lot of good things, but we saw in this game, the the defense they played in the fourth quarter was significantly better than what we saw through the first three. And they've got to tighten that up a little bit to where what we saw down the stretch, getting stops, getting rebounds. We need to see more of that throughout the course of the game. And, you know, I talked to Marcus Smart about that before the game, and he said, you know, the one thing that people have to understand is that, you know, now that we've got everyone healthy, we can finally start putting in the kind of work with that core group that we wanted to all season to do. But because guys are in and out of the lineup, we just couldn't do that. So this latter stretch of the season, I think we're going to see more of the Celtics leaning on their defense to win them games, which I think means they're likely going to do make these type of decisions where – You'll have a couple of guys who are making some shots and seem to be in a great rhythm. But you're playing a team that Memphis needs to carry you over the hump to get the victory. I think Missoula is going to lean into that lineup, those type of of combinations, uh, more so the latter stages of the season here. To just give those guys some muscle memory of working together so that when it really does matter in the playoffs, it won't be like starting from scratch for those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm torn on it because we've seen this offense sway so much throughout the season. You're right, Sherrod. It started off so hot. They've regained Did you
0: just it. say sway? Did you just say sway?
1: Yeah. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah. Joe swayed.
2: You meant to do that, right, Bobby?
1: Yeah. Um, real quick on that, though, before we bring in Joe sway. Um, I'm holding on the double big. I am. The numbers don't look great. Sometimes it doesn't look pretty. Rob certainly needs to reach – his his potential to make it hit the way it did last year and smart too as he he comes back from this injury but i just think we we know what it's capable of at its best and i'm pleasantly surprised by what they're getting from white in the second uni staying aggressive staying involved sparking that group and i thought some of their best runs all game came with their bench out there against Philly's bench. Philly's bench stunk in this game. And they're guy, not a lot of I had a lot of, a lot of hope yeah. for Jalen McDaniels in this game and he he, he was terrible.
0: I think he's gonna be better than we yeah, saw tonight, I, I think he's gonna be better for them yeah. than we saw tonight. But not against right, Tatum. Think, yeah, he was just he just wasn't very good at all. And, and okay. on any metric you wanna use, his numbers did not add up to a good yeah. game.
2: Yeah, that was a tough one. I mean well hard in general for him to just jump into that kind of matchup on a Saturday night but he just never found a rhythm. But I'm, I'm with you, Sherrod. I'd be better. But Minus I also think 23. The Celtics, the Celtics did an incredible job of just taking advantage of the game when Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris were on the bench, like, especially in that first half. Like, Tobias Harris was, was hot in that first quarter. And I feel like they, they had a bad job of trying to survive those minutes. Uh, uh, the, the Celtics carved into that lead. And, and before halftime, the fact that it was a two-point game, I, I just think that, that, that took a lot out of the Sixers. You know, they they tried to come right back in the second half, and the Celtics went on that huge run, and, you know, Al Horford, those three consecutive threes really started things off, right? And then you also had Derek White, aggressive. I think when guys started going and and finding their offense, back came Jalen with a huge second half, and of course, Jason Tatum at the end of that fourth quarter, but, I mean, it was really those guys that really sparked it, that really pushed the Celtics ahead, and, and they were able to hold.
3: Don't don't let me did I lose, did I lose you guys? Yeah, man. Don't, don't, don't do let that me slow me, them man. Them, you yeah. guys.
2: Fucking, I, I was I, was, I, said it, okay, I right. was
0: setting I was setting a screen for John. I thought,
2: I, was back was, I, I, I thought, man, this is this looks this looks better. I mean sound.
0: Nah, nah, I was setting a screen for John Zanis. Uh, I don't know. I, I
3: I want you guys I, I want you guys it. to carry it. I, I, just, you guys there's just watch. so much from this one, John. These well, the, the double big thing was on my radar, Bobby. And again, I tweeted it as well. Where like, are you on it? I didn't catch I, your take. My, it was abolish it forever. Look, again, I agree. I'm right where you are. It's situational, but it should you shouldn't rely on it as the end all be all it worked for us last year and we were so dominant and let's just roll it out again because as you said it only works if rob is who's who's in the cafeteria right now okay Let's take a pause. It only works if Rob is transcendent, Rob. Uh, and Rob is not transcendent, Rob, right now. Rob is effective. Rob is useful. Rob is not a superman, right now. And last year it worked because Rob Williams was basically the defensive player of the year before he got hurt. An absolute freak, impacting every second of every game he was in, every minute he was in. um It uh, it changed everything. It it, the entire complexion of the game changed. He's not that guy right now. If he is, then yes, do it. Because as, as we saw last year, it literally looks like it's six on five sometimes. And you could change out a couple of different players and still make that defense work if Rob is Rob. When he's not, I don't see the benefit unless you have to play it against teams like the Sixers where you need to throw more bodies at Embiid. Yeah, so I, sure. I don't want to abolish it. I don't. But so that's not the right way Here's to look thing, at it. Here's the thing, John. I don't want to abolish it. I want to not use it as a default, as the automatic start every game, start every half, start you know, and fin and close the game. And,
1: and and I'm so tempted by swapping white for Rob because of that 119 number. They're so dominant offensively with that small ball group. Yeah, uh, I love it. Yeah. But what have we talked about with Rob? The involvement starting gets get some more minutes, it gets them playing with the starters who are more likely to set them up. And they've only started two games with that group now, I guess three after tonight. They have to mesh. They have to play more together. They have to see if they can get back to that level with that group out there because I think it's the biggest reason they made the finals last year was just how suffocating that group could be and how dominant offensively they'd score off those stops. Uh, it, it hasn't shown through eight games now eight nine games of that group playing in general but they've played so few minutes together across those games that it's hard to draw anything from it yet yep. uh, tough matchups the pacers went small and ran them off the floor tonight you're dealing with Embiid and his dominance all game and dealing with the fouls and everything else so you just need to see it more like uh, give it time make some tough calls and this is the end of the thing john Forget Joe's game plans. Forget timeouts, all the stuff we've talked about. His greatest challenge is now. Who are you putting in late in games? You've what combination You've got a lot of
3: good players. You can't and play it's them really all. And really hard, yeah. And you can't always play the same guys every game because you're that. when we talked about Joe at the beginning of the year, the, the thing I said would be his biggest challenge this year would be what happens if you realize – I don't know if Marcus is the guy, uh, or I. I like Marcus, but I'm. I kind of. And like that this happened guy tonight, didn't it? And but it he didn't go there, and he couldn't do it. I wish I could find exactly the moment, but that was my big thing. Is what happens when you've got that, and you've got a guy like Marcus, and you bench him, and you close with someone else, and he sits there. Fine. He might say the right things, do the right things. He's going to be irked, and if it happens again, you could have a Marcus problem on your hands. What happens if he decided that he didn't like the way Jalen was playing or Tatum? Goodness! So and when look, did he come back? Nobody's sitting, guys, of Jalen and Jason's qu- caliber. That's never happening unless you're mad at them. But you can, <laughs> but you can tweet, but you can sit out. You can He's sit, Rob. You can sit smart. Those guys you are should be interchangeable outside of Tatum and Brown. Really, the rest should be matchup dependent or hot hand dependent. And that's how I think you have to look at this team is what's my best five around those two to close games with based on how the game is going and what I think each is each is giving the game at that moment. That shouldn't be hard to do, but I think it is going to be hard to do for Joe.
1: Well, he kind of sandwiched it in this game by sitting him from the middle of the third to the middle of the fourth, like about that five minute mark in the fourth and let Brogdon and White roll for that stretch and it worked to some degree because they end up winning and scoring just enough down the stretch getting just enough stops down the stretch but there is a case that if you play white a little bit more if you play broad more than 20 minutes tonight maybe you go away a little easier late maybe you have some better possessions when philly goes on that run to uh, take the lead late because that closing stretch didn't go the way it it should have um you know, it kind of went good possession, bad possession. It was possession, white-knuckle time. Yeah, you're but right. It, every, it, yeah, every time they had a bad possession, Philly was
3: scoring the other way with ease. Um, we, Let's talk a little bit more. We'll get Joe Sway involved again. Sherrod said he had the pop-out. He may pop back in. Uh, we do need to tell you uh, about another one of our sponsors. Back to what we were talking about, guys, um, and uh, the, the, the lineups. Joe Sway, what did you think when they switched it out? Um, and, and went away from the lineup that was working. And what do you think Joe, what, what do you think Joe should be doing? Um, kind of, because this is what we're about right now. you got two things down the stretch, right? Stay healthy and figure out exactly what it is exactly. Now right. you've, you've got 20 games to tinker a little bit, right? I know people, if you prioritize things, one seed health. And, or finding exactly or hitting your stride and finding exactly the right combinations. So you're healthy for the first time. This is the stretch here where you really got to figure out who's going to do what and when and with whom.
2: Right. And and I think Derek White is making a really strong case for himself. How do I, say that? I hope we sound better, but um, we could have everything on offense. So there's finding guys knocking down shots and, you know, with Michael Brogdon, Bob, but- I'm glad you brought that up because I thought it was weird. Like, he played what eight, ten minutes in that first half. I don't know if it's an injury thing or if they want to dial him down a little bit, but I mean, I'm with you though, John. They have to figure that out in the second half because I mean, this is that time when you're supposed to, especially against
3: the against yeah, and and that's the thing is, um, the, it's it's um, it, like, but the question is, Bobby, would it be a failure here if Joe just said. I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go with my guys and let's just should, – should he be experimenting a little bit here? I think you should be messing around a little bit. They don't have a set of time. And they they seem don't. Right That's what I mean is, is you gotta, you got to – when you have full lineups, you got to play around a little because you'll have some load management games too.
1: Yeah, and it depends on how you feel about the one seed, which, which I'll ask you, John. I think it's pretty important. Two seed wouldn't be the end of the world, but then you're playing in Milwaukee in a game seven – so it's it's fairly important, especially if you really fear the bucks, which you should have a healthy fear of them. Um, and I, I, I think you stick with your lineups, your rotations that have gotten you to this point. Again, we've nitpicked throughout the whole way. They've had their ups and downs. And they certainly had their ups and downs in this game tonight, but they just keep getting it done. And when you believe in all these different guys to play their roles, for them to mesh, and for them to... Execute these plays, these set plays down the stretch i'm thinking of Tatum tossing it to Horford on the last on that little breakout play late in the game. Uh, it's work for them like you can't you can't mistake the record so far they've played a ton of games they've played a ton of tough opponents, and they've had a million guys missing all year. so I think you buy into what you've done, what got you in the finals last year, and what might look a little erratic or you know stagnant at times but ultimately leads you to so many wins over this past calendar year like I, you, there's just something it's all cliche john and you'll hear it in the pressers throughout when you go watch from the night on our channel but you really do have to start to believe in this thing joe talks about about this group just making it work uh, believing in the decisions that they make rotation wise uh, and Executing late in games, even when things are so frantic. I mean, this place was shaking, John, when Tatum goes down the floor and finds Horford that last three, uh, and never mind the couple of timeouts and uh, and B tossing it down the court. Like there were just so many moments the where they withheld there? it. It worked, it worked. Like that's all you can say. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about the timeout thing anymore, but I get what I he's I don't gone mind at, it. and it's I, in environments like this where you, I think you really grow as a team. This I like place it. Was rocking.
3: I like it. I, I I I used to think that's the that's a terrible idea. I like not letting your the defense set and slowing things down. I like that, that. Not only did he not call a timeout, he's waving his arms, speeding them up. You know, go 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 go. I like that. I do. I, I'd rather be aggressive uh, in that situation. There, I like calling a timeout when you start to get. Into something, and you're like, this possession looks awful. Stop, you know, like. But I, I like the idea of like giving them the ball and letting them go uh, there, and it's worked for him a couple of times in the past.
1: What do you think of it, Joe
2: Sway? You're back. I like it. I like it when it's uh, it's to go ahead. If the game is tied, I, I like taking that risk and, and letting the, letting the guys figure it out. Keeps the defense on their heels. I like
3: it. I like it. Sherrod, welcome back. Did you do anything important?
0: Oh, no. Not really. Not really. <laughs> not yeah. really. This was a... Uh, not really. I just... Um, have, have you guys talked about the little, little smart kerfuffle?
3: Uh, no, not yet. Do you know anything about it? Josue, um, you can check out Josue's Twitter. We have it on our YouTube as well. little situation. What do you know about it? <laughs> Smart took off, by the way, well, couldn't, I mean, couldn't follow up with him. Yeah. yeah, he was gone. Oh,
0: damn it. Damn it. Okay. Um, well, the, the guys that were involved in that, the, uh, they were escorted out of the building. I was right behind them when they were whisked away. Uh, they had a conversation with uh, team security beforehand. And, you know, they basically, from what I could gather, what they were talking about was they were just kind of being a marker about being a flopper. Um, but my gut tells me that there were probably more words that were exchanged that probably didn't have to do with flopping at all. But, you know, it was it was very noticeable for those of us who are watching the game that unfortunately the national TV cameras completely missed or ignored or didn't want to highlight. But uh, as Joe Sway's video points, you know, he'll show you uh, smart was pretty intense in, in, in verbalizing his feelings on the matter. So uh, I would not be surprised if if there's some type of follow-up conversation with security and Marcus Smart just to get his take on what happened. Uh, And there may be, you know, more punishment for those involved beyond just this one game. But my gut tells me that there's not going to be anything of significance happening to them going forward.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. No details. Nobody talked to Smart. uh, Nobody got anything from Smart. No, No, he was gone. He was left.
2: But um, yeah, to, to piggyback on that, he kept going back at the guy and had more words to say. So I, I feel like he really hit a nerve, and I don't think it had to do with flopping. Or if it did, he, he might use a different kind of language. But we,
3: we don't know, you know,
0: different kind of language. Interesting.
3: I mean that's that's all that's going to be the question, obviously. You know, he has he's just something that
2: got Marcus fired up, and it had to be some Marcus sort of was negative.
3: fired up throughout.
2: Uh, he, he didn't
1: appreciate. It. He wrote a he wrote a wave through this one for sure, I'm I'm still stunned he didn't get teed up. Grant was talking in the locker room about some of the interactions with the officials, and you know, he had said a couple said, "Are you right, Grant?" And they 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 got into that thing again, John tonight, right? I don't think it killed them, but. Grant smart definitely. I I think Joe put it best when he said, "Rode the emotion of the experience there."
0: Yeah, they they dipped into that. Yeah, yeah, they they dipped into the "What was me?" Well, tonight, and they they've been really good about staying away from
1: that. Um, I thought it was going to kill them, but it did, unfortunately.
3: Uh, Grant was uh, Grant had like seven moments tonight. There was one where Rob, I loved it. Rob just shoved him with one arm, like back to half court. He's like, shut up, you know? And then you had another classic, you know, where Grant goes down like he got shot in the face, realizes nobody gives a crap. He's not going to get his call. His team's (laughs) on offense. He has no choice but to just get up and be like, I was faking and join the play because otherwise he's dogging his teammates and letting them play four on five. It's so embarrassing when you have to out yourself time and again, like stop doing it. There are cameras. People stop can see possum. whether it was real stop. or not. Stop playing possum. You're not gonna get any sympathy. And not only that, I mean, so sometimes when he gets hits, the refs are like, uh he probably deserves that call, but I don't want to give it to him. He got one that was like six seconds late tonight because yeah. the ref was like, Ah oh, shit, I do have to call that one, don't I? You know, like I mean, he's just he's gotta stop. He's gotta stop.
0: Yeah, my favorite was the one where he uh, he got two free throws out of it, but they gave him the free throws, and he was still benching after he got the call for the two free throws. It's just like, dude, mm. you, 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 it's like you, you got two dollars You kind of you, you kind of get, get it tonight, though, right? right?
1: This right, is the right. most frustrating matchup when it comes to the officiating. Ooh. It is. And B's gonna go to the line everything. and Harden's gonna fall right behind him in the parade. And it's gonna be how many free throws did Philly shooting this one? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Thirty-five, yeah. 35 to twelve. So mm-hmm. I get it. I get it on a night like tonight. But they overcame it. They overcame a lot tonight. I thought Philly punched them in the mall so hard early. I mean, they just came out flying around defensively, yeah. shutting down the paint on the Celtics. <laughs> they took that completely away from them. And then mm-hmm. the third, the Celtics just kind of cracked it open. When they, they they came out down, down seven out of halftime. They let the lead grow to, what was it at its worst, 15, 16? 15,
0: I believe. And 15 then, was the biggest yeah. you got, yeah.
1: And then they just run those pick and pops, and they're back in the game in an instant. and they They close it out, too. They have more energy. They have more depth in this game. And I think they have better ability at both ends of the floor than a Philadelphia team that's really good on both ends of the floor. I mean, this is a top-five defense. This is an offense that can score at will going through Embiid, and he can certainly pile it on, too. And they're just so equipped and so experienced and so uh, tough to handle what he throws at them. I mean, they're just following down the stretch because that's all they can really do. Billy misses some free throws. He gets burnt out. And their game plan just seemed to work uh, right up until the final play wow. there, which was very well managed by Joe. I mean, we can't talk enough about it. Well, that let's let's
3: again. let's play that. Here's Bobby's question. Again, they've done this before. They put Tatum in the backcourt, they get him running. Um, you know, it resulted in that was it, it was one that play? Cavs play the Cavs they game where it comes in with a dunk. In this case, Almost, if you think about that, and that's what Sherrod and I were talking about, him coming full speed forces the defense to have to defend him attacking the paint because of the pace, and he stops on a dime and he's able to get a clean shot. It's such a better look than just ISOing him top of the key and everybody getting out of the way, and then him having to get started from a standstill position. So it's definitely effective. It's worked a couple times for him. Here's uh, Bobby asked a question. Here's Joe talking about it. Joe, the final play call
1: at a timeout. Looks similar to the one in Cleveland. What was the setup of that play?
3: Um,
1: Just get the ball to Smart
0: and um, have Jason create separation and then just make a play from that. He did a great job executing.
1: You you called another one after Harris took the foul there. Was that the plan originally, or did you change that at a timeout, the second timeout? Uh,
0: I mean, I know we had two timeouts. I knew they had a foul to give, so it was just a matter of kind of what the lineup is, what they were going to do. So we had options.
3: That's the most loquacious Joe has ever been, Bobby. Congratulations. That was incredible.
1: I, I later asked him I later asked him where he got the play from and he said he stole it from Brad, which I, you know, I wasn't covering those teams as closely back then, but I do kind of vaguely remember that doing some of that stuff for Isaiah. Yeah, way
0: that was Isaiah he was
1: like under, It was like you would set him up It was, like was kind of like a bang-bang play for no, a game Joe, winner, wasn't it? under
3: the basket and just come flying around like the roadrunner. Yeah, road runner. yeah <laughs> he,
0: he started Worcester and just worked his way up to Boston. That's, <laughs> what, that's, what, that, that's what Isaiah was started. Pie. What
1: was that one – there was one where he just kind of like bang, bang, like pinball in the post and finish for the win, wasn't there? I, ch- was it Miami? A Miami game? There was one game where he finished on that play. That I I remember, but I can't remember who was it against. Yeah, it's a great play because you can throw right to the ball handler. You can throw to smart, which throws them off. And then, as we saw tonight, you can, you can stop a on a dime off, and you shoot can do a lot
2: of things. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't have. A
1: and whole it, lot gives of time zone, it gives you great momentum into the zone too. You know, yeah. like you said, you. You're keeping a set defense off balance there, which is really well done. I wish we were able to talk to Brad more to kind of figure out where he got that from, but it's just an awesome play design. When I when you saw Tatum in the backcourt, Joe Sway, you did say, "Up, oh, like here we go." We we kind of see what's going on here, and then the the shot that follows it, B just sort of flung it, boom, in, and you saw him dip his head right away and no, no good. It took a lot of the emotion out of that moment and intrigue. The fans weren't crazy, but even they saw him, like, ducking his head. That was awesome. I saw him victory. Josue, you were in with Joel. Obviously, we've heard him say a million times, this team kicks our ass, it's not a rivalry. That well, was 2018.
3: You did have 2021 where they beat the crap out of the Celtics three times, I believe. So yeah. it, up until – and then last year was 2-2. So it hasn't been as lopsided recently. Obviously, this it's, year though it's 3-0. It's, it's 3-0 this year, <laughs> but it was 2-2 last year and I think o three 3 or 1-3 the year before. I mean o four 4 or 1-3 the year before when that was obviously a really bad Celtics. But they, they beat the crap out of the Celtics in 2020 – that 2021 season. Story of my life. That's what Joel Embiid said to us. <laughs> Six, Sixers fans
2: can take that. About and, well, tonight. They want to? But yeah, about about hitting that shot. And of course, it doesn't <laughs> count. And he knew it didn't count. He said, story of my life with a straight face. Everyone laughed. He didn't crack a smile. I mean, it's a tough L, man. Like, he gave it all he had in this one. And, and we talked about it before the game, Bobby. Like Sixers really needed this one. Sure, they've been playing great basketball heading into this, but they want to beat the Celtics. They want to convince themselves that they're on that level. And you know, Doc can say what he wants and can, can you know get these guys pumped up and say that look, we, we still have a chance and everything, but they have to believe it. I don't know if they do. Look, Especially look, after quarter, the last game. That right? was the they best. Lost. You know what? This the second quarter or fourth quarter, whatever you want, that's probably the best I've seen Philly defend the Celtics. And they were still only up by six at halftime, still only up by two after that big start, that huge start in the first quarter. But then the Celtics were like, Oh, you guys want to get into a shootout? Well, let's do it. Jalen hits two in a row. You know, Tobias hits two, but then Derek White starts going. You know, like the way the end of that first quarter, uh, buzzer beater for Robert Williams. You know, Derek White just making plays one after another. It's just, it's just too much. I mean, if people want to say it's the depth. Sure, the Celtics are a deeper team, but at the end of the day, I, I just feel like the Celtics just have their number in one way or another. The way that they, they defend them and mentally, I think they they really they 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 take up space in, in Philly's head right now. And Joel and B especially. Well, uh-
3: Especially after last game, right? I mean yeah. Celtics beat him with Blake and Sam and basically nobody and Doc's Tatum pissed. playing like ass. Yeah, right? he was you know? so mad
2: about the defense. And they, they they picked it up this way at least in the first half. And, and and Doc didn't complain a whole lot about it, but he just said, Man, like this team is just really good. And of course he, he led with talking about Jalen Brown and Tatum and, and Derek White. You know, he, he really emphasized what Derek White was, was doing. Like he he, he thinks that, that was that was that was a, a big part of the second half, along with of course Um, which he said is from from Al Horvath. We've talked a lot, John, about
1: how Rob's going to be that X-factor. Like, if he's healthy, they're going to win the title. If not, they won't. But White, and I've talked with Ahmed actually a lot about this. Uh, I think he actually said it before I did, our producer. White's the guy who's going to swing a lot for them too because he settled into this groove, and he's this depth piece that's probably like the best seventh man in the NBA. It's 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 pretty lopsided there in terms of like the, the quality of the depth piece that he is on this team. I mean, he was just he's averaging twenty
3: a, a game. He started for more games, games than he hasn't this year. It's really strange to even call him a bench player. Um, it's it's an incredible luxury, and now he's, he's playing well. There, he's basically like a sixth starter. You know, um, it, it, it's bizarre, but yeah, I mean. That, uh, if, he's good,
1: talking, if he's good, they, they're unstoppable.
3: Sherrod and I were talking about it earlier. When you have White and Brogdon playing as well as they're playing, they're playing they're playing at a level where they could start for any team. You know what I mean? And you've got them coming off the bench. That's an insane luxury. You do not have starter-caliber players, not just starter-caliber, good starters sitting there on your bench ready to come in and just – Basically just pick up right where the – you might even argue at this point that, I mean, there's some people out there that will tell you both of those guys are better than guys who are currently starting. Like, it's – that's an insane luxury to have. And if you're getting anything out – if you're getting the best version of Grant and anything from Muscala um, or Hauser knocking down shots when they need to be called upon, it's – there's a lot of de- – there, there's a lot of depth here when those guys – because those guys are playing as well as they're playing right now. Uh, we did want to talk about one more piece of uh, sound here. I wanted to play here again on the final play. This is Tatum um, talking about um, uh, the, the the final play and uh, what was kind of going through his mind.
2: No, we got like a routine um, every time out. Depending on who's in the game, Malcolm either helps me up or Grant. Uh, and Grant was right there. And I always waiting for those two guys to help me up. And he grabbed my hand. I looked at him. He said, it's game time. We're going home. He said, all right, let's go home.
3: He called game. Let's go home. He called game. Let's go home. Let me okay. let me let me no. cap off the show
1: no. with this, John. There, because we know Tatum hates Grant at times. No, he
3: loves but doesn't him. He no, it love doesn't. him. Doesn't he seem to love him? Doesn't does he seem to love him? Yeah, he loves just, him. He's I, like he's like his little brother. He wants to be there. That's was, what, I'm, so saying. That's right. what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He can't is. stand. Is. He can't him. stand. Yeah.
1: He can't stand him, but he loves them. And John, that's why they're gonna keep him.
3: If he didn't, if he don't keep him, if he take, if he if he. If he takes the nine million, he's worth now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: well, I was gonna say if he if he didn't love him, he wouldn't even talk to him, wouldn't give him that, that attention. But he does that out of love. That's brotherly love right there. So
1: I talked to Grant. I talked to Grant tonight in the locker room about the the six minute thing that confused all of us. And I talked to Joe a little bit about it tonight too. Um, it's frustrating, Grant said. Especially you know if you lose a game like that, it's really frustrating. But they've talked a lot as a team, and Al talked about this tonight as well, that guys are going to have to accept stuff like that down the stretch. It's just, as we said earlier in the show, too many good players, uh, too many different matchups, too many uh, different guys overlapping positions like Hauser. Whatever it was that led them to play Hauser as much as they did last game against Indiana was a smash hit. It was just an excellent game from him, and it was the right move to play Hauser over him. They went to Hauser early in this game to see what he could give them after Grant play an extended stretch early. Two minutes. And then, then they went right back to Grant, and that ended up being the right call tonight too because he, he's just one of the few guys on this roster who's really equipped to handle Embiid. Same what? goes for Giannis. But they'll be a – I mean, if they play Indiana round one, you might not see a lot of Grant in that series.
0: Right, but it was the right call not to play Hauser because, I, I, you know, you had to, you know, the ball boy had to come out with the towel to get the drool off the floor that was drooling on James Harden's beard when he saw that Sam Hauser was guarding him. I mean, and he it, it took him that long before he went right at him, which I get. I would do yeah. the same
3: But Grant switched on to him once or twice, too, and Harden had the same sort of expression, so.
0: Yeah, but, but but Grant's a little bit bigger, so and then Grant go just by wrapped him, him up, you know, like yeah. exactly, <laughs> Sam's not going to wrap you up. So no.
3: speaking of Harden, two with seven in the fourth. He's not that guy anymore. Nope. He can be. He can be. He isn't. He just. He's not. He's not that guy as often as he used to be. You know, he was great yeah. last game against Memphis. He still has. He can still. He's just not. I, again, Sherrod and I were talking about it earlier. He can, he can still be that guy, but he used to be that guy every other game, and now it's just fewer and further between. He's not a guy who's going to just dominate a playoff series and put you on his back and and carry it. You know, he's he's the passenger, and it's, it's Embiid's team, and he's just not as lethal as he used to be. Um, and you can defend him and smart, we said tonight, did a good job on him, uh, staying in front of him, and, you know, he's just – you, you don't fear him the way you did, obviously, a few years ago. He's he's far from washed. He's an outstanding player. He's just not that guy. N- not consistently enough, you know, to, to, to right. like, take over games. Right. Yeah.
2: He, he, when he's, he's on, he's
3: on. He still can. He, of course yeah. he can, yeah.
2: He just he just doesn't move. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, ball Bobby, ball. you pointed it out. I was chilling when he doesn't have the ball in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I
1: killed him. Then he's dribbling into oblivion. Yep. He's not scoring off those plays. It's 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 a killer possession, and... Uh, yep. That really let the Celtics back into the game there. Yep. Uh,
3: yeah. All right, guys, we're going to wrap. What do you think? Wrap it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Fun yeah. night. We keep piling these up, fun nights, and I'm sure the Garns rocking on Monday, so we'll be there in New York. Uh, what you as well, Sherrod?
3: I will nah. not be there Monday. Sharon Sher- and I teach Monday night. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yep. We're teachers. Educators, <laughs> a lot of fun games coming up. I mean, you will you have, have, have a Nick Gelso sighting. Means. Yeah, you guys, guys have, have break. a break. Nah, no not yet. You'll have a Nick Gelso sighting on Monday.
0: MVP, uh, Gelso and Jimmy Toscano MVP. Monday.
3: Uh, again, you support any of our sponsors, you get look at this, guys. MVP. Hey, Whoa. let's go. I love <laughs> that, that
1: shirt. That, yeah, is you do. Why,
0: that is why Nick is MVP that
3: shirt i push hard for this shirt the form and is in the description of our show if you support any of our sponsors and can show proof of it um put the receipt in the form we will send you one of these t-shirts uh definitely go get one uh a cool fun design uh you get the whole gang in there uh so the garden report t-shirt is yours that's our new design we're sending some out to people now um for those of you who don't or haven't already subscribed to our Celtics YouTube channel, Celtics all access for exclusive Celtics content. Um, And also if you want to check this out ever, say you miss a show, you miss part of a show, you caught the tail end tonight, and you're not going to be able to watch tomorrow. You can always get the audio version driving to work or doing whatever uh, the next day. Um, Check it out. Garden report here. There's a little, uh, you know, QVC situation there. Um, take you right to it. Uh, Garden Report post game show. We upload the audio soon after this show ends, uh, and it'll be there waiting for you uh, probably within the hour, but certainly by the time you get up tomorrow, uh, if you want to check that out as well. Uh, pass that along to all your friends. And do us a favor. If you are going to check out the audio version of the show, we love ratings and reviews. Yes, uh, it yes. really helps kind of drive us uh, up the algorithm, the chain, whatever have you—it really is important. It sounds superficial, but if you like the show and want to pop on over and give us a good review on Apple, um, on Apple Podcasts, that really actually does do a lot for us, and we do appreciate that when you do. Uh, <laughs> happy to be back. Little under the weather. I know the chat thought I was drunk or high, yeah. <laughs> <watched. laughs> which is what people always say. I'm just really sick, but I couldn't miss this show. I you obviously, out. all these guys no i'm 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 in i'm in, I'm, in, I'm in rough shape but thanks for hanging I, in there well, that's I a great post
1: game to, stuff tonight
2: go check it I out i didn't guys. want to
3: play the hero but yeah go to our youtube no, channel no, no, no. This, is your, your this is your food them. game this is your food
2: game john right. food game.
3: Like <laughs> yeah but i didn't ham it up you know <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> so and Joe
1: play and i more to come celtics all access yeah See yeah you man, go. i are gonna play yeah. your
2: breakdown stay tuned
3: Check that out. Go check out all the press conferences, all those guys doing work out there, getting all of our stuff, getting the interviews, getting all the inside information. <laughs> and Sherrod Blakely, uh, follow all of his stuff on his Substack. Sherrod, what's that?
0: Oh. Uh, Sherrod.substack.com. Real simple. Sh-
3: Sherrod.substack.com. I'll have a graphic made for next time. Oh, that's uh, dope. I like well. that. Yeah. That for <laughs> Against... Sorry, I actually am. I don't want to ham up the coughing, but I I gotta, I gotta, I gotta (laughs) abort.